Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today we're continuing our walk through the book of Mark, and we are on chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, which read, When they, that is, Jesus, Peter, James, and John, came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and some scribes were arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe, and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, You faithless generation! How much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he was able to stand. When they had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, That kind can come only through prayer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Two little girls were counting their pennies. One said, I have five pennies. The other said, I have ten. No, said the first little girl. You just have five cents, the same as I. But the second child quickly replied, My father said that when he came home tonight, he would give me five cents. And so I have ten cents. The child's faith gave her proof of that which she had not yet seen, and she counted it as already being hers, because it had already been promised by her father. Do we have this kind of faith? Can we think and believe like this little girl? Can we trust and believe in Jesus as completely as a child does? 
each of us has faith, but there are times when something does not happen the way we think it should, and we begin to doubt. We lose our focus. The moment we lose our focus on Jesus is the moment the evil one has been waiting for. The moment when he can nourish that seed of doubt and plant many more. In today's gospel text, we see the disciples lose their focus. If we back up just a few verses, we learn that Peter, Jesus, James, and John have just returned from the mountaintop, that transfiguration experience. As they approach the other nine disciples, they see a crowd is gathered. They also see some scribes from the temple are present and arguing with the disciples. A man in the crowd explains that his son is possessed by an evil spirit and greatly disabled by it. He brought his son to the disciples to have the spirit cast out, but they could not do it. Now, Matthew 10, verse 1 and Luke 9, verse 1, tell us that earlier Jesus called the 12 disciples together. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to heal every disease and sickness. And then he sent them out. And when they return, they're eager to tell Jesus how successful they were. However, a demon-possessed boy is brought to them and they have no power over this demon. Now, this same story is presented in Matthew chapter 17. And there we're told that the disciples had no power because they had so little faith. Well, actually, they had so little faith in Jesus. Their faith had been transferred from Jesus to themselves. And without faith in Jesus, they, we, can do nothing. In fact, we cannot even find faith without help from Jesus. Paul tells us in Romans 12 that God gives us faith. Faith is not something we create on our own. Just like the Father in our gospel text, we cannot believe on our own. Remember the explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 tells us that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Faith is a gift from Christ Jesus. But did you notice he does not hand us faith and say, now you do all the believing. He's both the author and the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith because our faith is imperfect. He's repairing it, patching it, fixing it up. Now we participate with him in our believing, but it is his work. Like a horse pulling a wagon, the wagon must participate, but the horse does all the work. This is where we see grace at work. Jesus holds on to us when we are slipping away, when we are letting go. The Father believes, but not so well. He recognizes that he sort of does not believe. He tried 
but he's given up trying. Life around him is wearing him down. What is not spoken is, Jesus, I came here believing you could heal my son. I had to believe because I've got nowhere else to go. Now I see the weakness and doubt in your followers. I see the dissension in the religious community. Now I'm not so sure, but I still have nowhere else to go. I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe you felt the same. Maybe you've been disillusioned by the church. Maybe the world has disappointed you or cast you off. Maybe you've been hurt by someone professing to be a Christian. Maybe you don't know where to go for comfort, acceptance, healing, or strength. You can still come to Jesus. Scripture tells us Jesus is a Savior who has come to save. Scripture says he will not break a bruised reed. He will not snuff out a smoldering wick. He will not deny a weak faith. Jesus said that he came to die for all people, those strong in faith, those weak in faith, and those with no faith at all. He came for all, so all are welcome and safe to come to him. That is grace. Doubt is okay with Jesus. We cannot doubt if first we do not have at least a little faith. At the end of the book of Matthew, starting at chapter 28, verse 16, we read, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Some doubted. They walked with, talked with, and touched the risen Savior. And some doubted. These are the ones we call saints. St. Matthew, St. John, St. Peter, St. Andrew, and the other seven. Yet while they worshipped the risen Christ, some doubted. Now here's the kicker. In the next verse, Jesus gives his disciples, these doubters, the Great Commission. He tells the whole group, including the doubters, go and make disciples. Even though some doubted, Jesus sends them out anyway. You see, the very act of telling the good news helps your own heart to believe it. This is one reason why it's so important to have faith routines. Reading the Bible when you do not feel like reading it. Praying when you do not feel like praying. Going to church when you do not feel like going. These habits will keep us in touch with the source of strength, even when we doubt there is a reason to do so. Just keep the door open. It's not about how tightly you hold on to Jesus, but rather how tightly he holds on to you. John 10 verse 28 tells us no one will be able to snatch us out of his hand. 
Pastor and author Ray Pritchard offers some ways to move from doubt to faith. First, admit your doubts and ask for help. That is what the Father in our text did. In Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus says we only need faith the size of a mustard seed. Next, act on your faith, not your doubts. Because whichever you feed will grow. Doubt your doubts, not your faith. Why do we let our doubts define our lives? Keep following Jesus one step at a time. Johnny Erickson Tata says, Faith isn't the ability to believe long and far into the misty future. It is simply taking God at his word and taking the next step. And lastly, trust. There are some things you will never understand until heaven. If you're waiting until you have everything figured out before you put your faith in Jesus, you will be waiting forever. The great missionary Hudson Taylor said, God is not looking for people of great faith, but for individuals ready to follow him. I challenge you today to decide who you will follow. Set your course on Jesus. Stay focused in the grace of Christ Jesus will enable you to pass through the storms of doubt, coming out stronger on the other side. Amen.